I was reading something Frank wrote about a decade or, or so ago that I hadn't seen. He referred to a book called Metamagical Themis. I hadn't heard of it, thought it looked interesting, but thought nothing more of it. Later that day, I was eating dinner at the place where Marianne, Frank, myself and a couple of other friends had dined the night he went into hospital for what was to be the last time. Walking home afterwards, I passed the Grub Street bookshop and what book should be in the window. Metamagical themers indeed. G'day, Anthony James here for The Regeneration, sharing a different kind of story with you today, in addition to this week's regular release, which I'll get out in a couple of days. Yes, the voice you heard at the top this time was me, though hearing it back now, that voice certainly conveys a younger me, and the introvert who remembers too well struggling with being public, but also determined not to hide. Then there were the swirling emotions of the moment. This was a full house of over 400 people in the main theatre at Federation Square in Melbourne. For the memorial service of my late great mate and mentor, a legend in systems thinking and practice in this country, Professor Frank Fisher. Mine was a humble opener for a few beautiful eulogies offered on the day. Today would be, or is, Frank's 80th birthday. I've commemorated the occasion in recent years with episodes featuring fittingly special guests. From the late Hazel Henderson to the still-thriving Alan Savory, Charlie Massey and Paul Hawken. This time, for the Big 8-0, I'd been imagining Frank still being here, wondering where our conversations and experiences may have gone over recent years. And that took me back to this event, and the best tribute story I could muster at the time. And hard as it was, there did seem to be a bit of magic about. The music you're hearing, by the way, was composed for the occasion by another great mate, and guitarist for the Afrobiotics and the Public Opinion Afro Orchestra, Simon Edwards. It's called Cycles. You'll hear why. Deep gratitude also to friend and filmmaker Chris Gross, who gave so much of himself, with no notice, to film hours of footage of Frank in the months before he died. Dreams of a documentary film remain. Chris is also the reason why we've got this recording. I hope you enjoy hearing a little about Frank, and thanks for listening. Hi everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Anthony James, a friend of Frank and his family, and a colleague at the Understandoscope and Swinburne University's National Centre for Sustainability. The most difficult public speech I've ever made was speaking on Frank's behalf at the recent Yarra Sustainability Awards. It was just days before he passed, and I had just been with him, witnessing his suffering at the time. This seems somehow easier now that his suffering is over. 
Now it's just ours we're left to tend. So here we are. This feels like an important thing to do, maybe for Frank, certainly for us. So I'm really thankful for it, for being able to share it with Frank's family and with you. I find myself feeling sad and flat, though inspired and grateful for him, you, this and everything we shared with Frank. Life seems so much less without him, but so much more because of him. Interestingly, since Frank passed on, I haven't been the only one experiencing some beautifully poetic moments. Right up to earlier this week, I was reading something Frank wrote about a decade or so ago that I hadn't seen. He referred to a book called Metamagical Themis. I hadn't heard of it, thought it looked interesting, but thought nothing more of it. Later that day, I was eating dinner at the place where Marianne, Frank, myself and a couple of other friends had dined the night he went into hospital for what was to be the last time. Walking home afterwards, I passed the Grub Street bookshop and what book should be in the window. Metamagical themers indeed. Thinking about today, I remembered Frank and I speaking earlier this year on the topic of death. We spoke about it with a reverence as the ultimate arbiter of all meaning, but not without trepidation as well, for the construction of that meaning takes a tremendous shake-up when faced with such loss. The people left behind, as Frank put it, are faced with reconstituting themselves. Of course, that was everything he was about in life in general, not just in death. We are being asked to reconstitute ourselves continuously as we try to become something more sustainable. So here we are, further practising what he hoped to have taught us something about. Of course, life being as it is, I was acutely aware that any one of us could have passed before him. And that's something of what can inspire us, as it did, Frank, to live more meaningful lives. It was beautifully droll and instructive when he said to a recent group of students, in, good, in all good humour, aside from the Crohn's and cancer, I've had a very good life. My first glimpse of this was after knowing him only a few months. It was the first time we shared a bike ride together. This was unprecedented for me. I'd been a competitive cyclist, but there, there I was scooting around city streets with this bloke in his 50s, an associate professor at that. I said to him at the time, Geez, this is like being in a gang in the birds at 15 again. And he looked at me and said, yep, sure is. <laughs> Later we were waiting at the train station, talking about what sustainability meant to each other, and he cited William Blake's line to see a world in a grain of sand. With that, he affirmed a deep sense in me that this was a way of liberation and wonder. I later came to understand that this was what the bike represented to him. He wasn't a bike nut as such. For him, in the context of the city, cycling was a way of becoming something more, as a person alive in the world. Rather than investing our sense of self in high-powered machines and exotic journeys, he helped me see that the real riches lay in what Joseph Campbell called the inner reaches of outer space how we see the world and relate within it.
He helped me understand sustainability as an outgrowth of this way, rather than the goal itself. Life's wonders come into view in many guises, of course. Marianne and Frank were over at our place not long ago. I had some music on that I knew he liked, and he proceeded to tell me of some more I didn't know. And there we were, scrolling through Phil Glass, Jacques Lucier, Bach, Dylan and others, when he said, ah, oh, I'd forgotten how much I love music. So when we gathered here for an event in his honour in June, I teed up a playlist with the music we were listening to that night. As we were setting up, he says to me, this is Jacques Lucier, you know. To which I said, yep, sure is. I got that knowing, appreciative smile that many of us will remember well. And that playlist will be on as we gather afterwards today. For me, that music symbolises the deep joy of sharing in the process of bringing to light the wonders in our midst in ways that don't destroy them. In one of our last conversations, he said, if only there was something I could say or do that would demonstrate how much fun it is to participate in life in this way. His way was no sacrifice, no heroism, no altruism, all figments of viewing the self as separate from the rest of nature. No invalidity, no material fillers or other high-impact distractions, no getaways, no retreats, and of course no perfection, but coherence, as close as he could muster, to living, as he used to put it, in and as nature. It's tempting to suggest Frank was before his time. Of course, we can hope his way may yet find a more commonplace among us. But in our socially constructed reality, to say he was before his time makes no sense. We made him as he made us. And here it continues, nominally without him, but with him so embedded in who we are becoming. Our bodies only take us so far. I hope we can gently carry that awareness with us into this day. That we might be inspired to further liberate ourselves from the material and intellectual binds that Frank spent most of his life trying to help us see, reconstituting ourselves towards more meaningful, coherent and metamagical lives. Much like the sticker that you'd see behind this coat on his bike, as if the bike didn't say it already. Live simply so that others may simply live. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you afterwards. I thought that this was an important book, but for us, we were in publishing, it was another book to be done and to be loved and to be honoured. But I, and I, I knew it was going to be special and now I realise that's the only book that was left that he's ever done and so I feel really privileged that we've actually made it happen and a lot of people have come up to me and said that was a really wonderful thing to have done and I'm just so glad that we did it. I was involved in helping Anthony put the planter boxes on Frank's unused car parking space at the flats where he lived. Um, which I thought was a really fantastic way of showing people a great use <laughs> of an unused parking space. Hi, my name's James and I just wanted to pay a tribute to Frank today who's been such an inspiration to me and 
to many others who in turn have inspired me as well. I, I think of him not just as a mentor, but as a mentor to my mentors. And what stands out to me about him is um, partly his, his amazing mind, his, his uh, great ways of thinking, uh, very lateral, very wild as he would put it, but really the way he combines that with his amazing heart. And to me it's very unusual to meet someone of such big mind and big heart, and someone who is able to bring those two together. Thank you very much, Frank, for all that you've given us, and I hope that we can all do tribute to you um, by trying to be a little bit more wild and a little bit more present and a little bit more loving in all that we do. Thanks.